Hey everyone, it's Don. Welcome to 2022 and welcome back to the podcast. This year, the podcast is going to be going through some updates and changes. Uh, One episode a week is a pace I just can't keep up indefinitely, so I'm going to be releasing a new episode every other week now. But in between those episodes, I'll be putting out bonus content here and on YouTube and some short form episodes that I've been working on as well. So thanks to everyone who's been listening from the beginning and anybody who's just tuning in right now. Uh, follow me on Instagram at don't worry, I'm finite for updates and let me know what you think. Uh, share this with your friends and look forward to some fun changes coming your way. This week, I'm throwing back to the second episode of the podcast with Megan Eichen. Megan's back working on cruise ships right now, living her best life and still inspiring me with her work. Uh, we talk about our inspiration and taking risks in art and in our lives. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do as well. So let's get right into it. So enjoy my conversation with Megan Eichel. Hey, welcome to Don't Worry, I'm Finite. I'm your host, Don McAvoy. Today, we're going to be talking with Megan Eichel. Let's go. I'm Megan. Don't worry, I'm Finite. All right. Welcome to Don't Worry, I'm Finite, the podcast where we dive into inspiration, motivation, and an exploration of the creative community. I'm coming at you from the ever-moving studio here in Flagstaff today. I'm Don, and I'm here with my guest, Megan, today. Hey, Megan. Hi. Uh, I am Megan Eichen. I am uh, a singer-pianist by nature, moonlighting as a calligrapher, designer, small business owner, you name it, I, I probably do it. That's me. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of like creatives and freelancers that I know. It's like we kind of oh, do a little yes. bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, we wear so many hats. Comes with the territory. Absolutely. I like that you say that you're a singer and pianist by nature. Like that is just like, that's what that's who you are. That's what you're born to be. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've been, you know, performing professionally for five or six years, but Mm -hmm. singing since I could walk and touching the piano since I could like reach the keys. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I've been a musician forever and, and an artist forever, I guess. That's great. Uh, And I love the attitude too, but I, I I mean, we, and so we met on a cruise ship where we both worked Sure did. and I used to come to your uh, performances in the the piano lounge or what they actually, it was the billboard lounge. Is that what they called it? Yeah, I, th- I believe we would technically call it the Billboard Onboard Bar. Okay, yeah. I'm sure there's a yeah. there's specific naming for it that has to go yeah. into all the official documents. But yeah, we would just say we're going to Billboard. And <laughs> yes, yes. And, and you um, know where to find me at all hours of, of the night. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's unusual for cruise ship uh, crew, if, believe it or not. Uh, we never yeah. know where anybody is. But um, except for the people that are in the OB every night. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> You could probably find us there as well, like later <laughs> yeah, in the evening. <laughs> definitely the late, the late times after all the performances. But we, so we definitely lived through a very unique period of time on the, on cruise ships when, uh, when COVID started and we were still out there in Southeast Asia. <laughs> and Did like, we ever? Oh, so strange. It had its scary moments, but like the community building on the ship while once we get once the guests were off and it was just us and we kind of had the ship to ourselves like we were kind of entertaining each other and like that's when I got to see you like put on the show that I really wanted to see you play and like 
I, I think I threw you. I don't know if I if I if I gave you a request for the middle by Jimmy yes. World or oh my or gosh, what. Yes. But as soon as I heard oh. you say that you really were like excited to play that and you played that song, I was like, all right, I'm gonna see what else she knows. <laughs> yes, and and that is my like wheelhouse. If you want to yeah. take it back to all the music that I grew up on, you know, that's the music that I don't have to look up charts or lyrics or anything for. Like it's just from my brain. Oh my gosh. You know, I haven't heard this song in 10 years, but mm-hmm. it is going to come back in a second. Yeah. And yeah, we went through something so unique and so gosh, uh, the word unprecedented, uh, was going to come out of my mouth. And I, I despise that word after the past year. Yeah. So, there's too many unprecedented <laughs> things happening. God, I mean, <laughs> at this rate, like the world is just unprecedented. I think that's, that's what yeah. we need to go with. We're just but, living without precedent anymore. So Exactly, exactly. And I think we were before, it's just none of us knew it. We're just now all very aware. For better or worse, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But we went through something super unique and like you said, kind of scary. And now looking back on it, it just seems like a million years ago. I don't know how you feel, but it feels like it was forever ago with everything that we know now. But we were the beginning. I mean, before America knew what COVID was, we were finding out what COVID was. My parents, I think, were maybe some of the only two people in America who were like, what's going on in Asia? (laughs) Yeah. And I think and I think we had to have been among some of the first people in the world to get those nasal swab tests. Oh, hands down. And (laughs) thankfully, um, I'm sure this is not the case for you, but thankfully, it's been my only experience getting them so far. Oh, no, I've had quite a few already between uh, flying to and from Brazil and, you know, a couple other things that I needed to get tested for. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But yeah, I've, I've, I've lucked out, but I've kind of permit crabbed for the past year as well. Just yeah. like hidden. <laughs> I've definitely been like, I, I think I've been the most uh, active traveler that I know oh. for the most part uh, during this whole thing. But that kind of just is because of where I went and why I went there and the, right. the length of time I was able to be there. I've been living vicariously through you. So <laughs> it's it's been massively appreciated um, both aesthetically and in my life via Instagram. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad I could at least uh, keep the keep the spotlight for a while before everything everybody else started moving again. <laughs> yeah. And my gosh, yeah, everything is taking off right now. I'm having like FOMO uh, where I, I mean, feel like I'm like, man, I need to book a vacation. Yeah, it's so strange to see like the airports becoming busy again. Like I'm right now, I'm like I'm traveling for work, so I have to hop on a plane every every few weeks, and it's weird to see like the the growth in the airports. Like I I actually have to get there a little earlier again to to make sure (laughs) I can get through security. Right, but it's just a weird a weird thing to see, and it's it's also weird to see all of the like the overwhelm the overwhelmed crew and uh, and pilots and like people the amount of people that they've laid off and now they're bringing them back. So they're right. not ready for all these travelers just yet. No. And I, I don't think that there was ever going to be a chance for them to get ready because <laughs> unprecedented. Uh, but truly, <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you come out of this unscathed? You know, everybody yeah, is I mean, just climbing their way out of the hole. Yeah, we're definitely we'll, we'll, we can we can get more into how we're, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how we're both climbing out of the hole. <laughs> Yeah, we're both trying to climb out of holes of different types, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, like being on that being on the ship together like that, it did. It does feel like a long time ago. But also, it's still hard to believe it's been over a year since that happened, because it still, in a way, feels very fresh in my mind. And that feeling of like being being on the ship, it actually was kind of great. 
to be amongst just other crew members and kind of have this kind of free reign over the ship in a way, but also to be kind of forced to get creative in your own way. Like we, we did so many puzzles and board games and stuff, but we also found ways to get creative. Like me and the photography team, we were making up photo challenges amongst ourselves and just going out there and just to shoot portraits of the crew while they're working to share with the company, but also, you know, just to keep ourselves creatively stimulated. And you were kind of doing the same thing with billboard. I mean, with just going out and having open mic piano nights. Right. And at the time, you know, it was back in a tense time because my partner that had been on board in the dueling piano setting, Ethan, he had had to disembark when the guests um, were because of a family emergency. So he disembarked immediately. And then we still had guests on board for, you know, a week. Yeah, that was um, and they time. were they were like, okay. And I'm like, I guess I'm solo shows it is. So, you know, <laughs> Entertain us. go up there and do that. But then, yeah, I mean, we, we just had so much free time. And mm-hmm. I think prior to that, where being a performer, I, I'd already came with a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. And the free time I used with like learning new material or, you know, prepping and working with Ethan. And we would go over harmonies and we would learn new songs and just constantly reviewing. But all of a sudden to have no guests... And a couple shows every night where I could truly just play whatever I wanted. You know, that was like the ultimate, I don't know what to prepare. I don't know how to spend my time right now. That's where the all request hour comes in. (laughs) Yes. And, and in a way that was the best possible case scenario, because if I didn't plan anything, I really had to work on the fly. Mm -hmm. And that was like, it was a really cool challenge to keep me really distracted during a uncertain time when nobody knew what was going on and I could just be like, okay, surprise me (laughs) and, (laughs) and, you know, crash and burn. And at least I'm among friends. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it's, I'm sure it feels good to be in that like safe environment in some ways, but I'm sure you also have enjoyed the, it seems you definitely enjoy the challenge of being up there and doing dual pianos with somebody. Even if you, even if you did rehearse, there's definitely an unexpected nature to live performances in any way. You never know oh. if somebody's going to yell something out or what's going to happen or and if the ship's going to tilt one way. <laughs> yes. I mean, banter for days though. That's, it's the best part of doing a, a two piano show is mm-hmm. like, you can just truly communicate with somebody. And, and sometimes that can be really funny. And sometimes that can like completely change the mood of the room. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're feeling a certain way and you have to kind of spark the creative energy to get things turned around a bit. Totally. But especially, I mean, when the crew, when it was just crew on board and it was just me doing solo shows, there was this energy of a whole new experience. You know, I'd done that job since it first started. Billboard on board um, first debuted on three different ships and Mm -hmm. I was on one of those ships. Oh, wow. And so I've been doing it since 2016 in the same kind of format. And I'd done solo shows, you know, when a partner would get sick or something and you do solo shows with guests. Right. But to do solo shows for crew, like people my own age and people who have worked on ships for how long and have literally never seen that venue, have never gotten to see that show, have never gotten to enjoy something like that. I mean, truly, of all of the stuff that happened on board and, like, all of the crap, all of the stress, like, there were definitely moments where I was like, what is happening? Get me out of here. Um, While we were trying to figure it out. And I think we were all feeling that way. But there was just this wash of, like, whatever happens, it's going to be cool. Mm -hmm. Once it was just crew and we could just party and zen out and... You know, everybody could come and kick back with me and I could just banter with them and play. And yeah, it was awesome. Definitely. Um, it was it was such a cool 
reawakening of that experience. Yeah, I'm sure, and I'm sure it helps with the week that we had the crew or uh, we, we had guests still on board. The cruise line was giving out a lot of free drinks, so I'm sure oh, uh, yes. I'm sure that probably helped Those the mood in, the, in there a little bit. <laughs> The same thing is is very true, I'm sure, of the crew who was at the Billboard Bar because they were like, yeah. if there wasn't the word bar at the end of it, they probably wouldn't have been there. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, it was just exciting. It was something new. and It was super cool that like there is a separation for sure. There's there, there is like the crew who's always working. And then there's like a media, like a middle ground. And then there's kind of like people who aren't, who don't have as much to do. So they're not working as much. Right. But the crew who are always working, whether they're cleaning or cooking or whatever else, they don't get to, you know, they don't have the privileges that some of us have to be able to eat with the guests and go to the guest bars after hours. Or even like they... walk down that hallway, you exactly. know, just to see the venue. They might have seen yeah. it in, you know, our introductory um, like videos like where we watch right. about what everything, you know, all the venues that you can experience and what the guest experience might be like. But mm -hmm. to then truly like have kind of the guest experience and just yeah. be able to see somebody, everybody's so relaxed and excited and in a moment of a lot of, I think, panic and uncertainty. And there was just, I mean, day by day, everything was changing. And it was it was pretty stressful yeah. to have a place where people could just come and kick back and laugh and sing along or do whatever they wanted. And maybe it sounds super cheesy, but it was just really the like come together point for me that made all of the previous stress worth it was to be able to see people enjoy themselves in a moment of stress for sure and you know i mean and and you know we we're, we're speaking generalities but like some of those a lot of those people were still working every day just about as hard as they right. were when guests were there because they still had to feed the crew and do <laughs> right, everything else they right. had to clean the ship so there are people yeah, but they suddenly not... had more free time i do appreciate that and i'm glad that we were lucky that we didn't have any positive uh COVID tests on our ship um so we didn't get any lockdown issues I no, don't know how lucky. it happened, but I'm, I was so lucky. <laughs> yes. I want to thank I want to thank Cambodia for uh, for helping us out uh, with uh, with everything. <laughs> saved our lives, truly. <laughs> saved our lives and and gave us a lot of good beer that I think. Yeah. Probably the officers got most of it, but uh, we got we got yes. some of it. <laughs> got to enjoy some on the side, yeah. I already, we already mentioned a little bit of what you were doing, but so I, I do, I do am curious where you came up on like the pop punk, uh, scene and like, what kind of, oh, like, what's, what are some of your favorite bands that you grew up with? Um, so, okay. I was raised on country music okay. to begin with it just like putting that out there. Country music. Uh, my dad was a big country fan and he was a big fan of the Eagles. And so mm -hmm. some of the, some of the older rock and alternative rock. Um, gotcha. And then my mom was listening to country and she was also listening to like the alternative top charts. Okay. So it was a lot of Nora Jones and when Avril Lavigne first started, but like her mellow stuff, not mm -hmm. her girlfriend era. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it was a lot of that kind of indie alternative that was really popular in the 90s. I mean, the 90s was like just music from all different genres yeah, topping the charts. Place, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was cool because we kind of knew what to expect from the 80s and then the mm -hmm. 90s was just like this mishmash conglomerate of everything yeah and i decided to rebel <laughs> uh in in like maybe the fifth grade and i started listening to what my older cousins were listening to because they Green had day. fully rebelled uh against all things country music as well so green day ended up coming to me later but 
my one of my cousins was a big Lincoln Park fan. Okay. And so I found Lincoln Park. And then I found, you know, gosh, like my other cousin was a really big Jimmy World fan. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how it started. And then it turned into Green Day, Good Charlotte, Simple Plan, The Used, My Chemical Romance, Avril Lavigne. I mean, the list goes mm-hmm. on. <laughs> Avril Lavigne's prob- probably not listed very often right after My Chemical Romance and The Used, but no, she no, does, she but is in you're that talking same spectrum. A, I know who you're talking to. I know what you mean. <laughs> yes, and, and it hit this whole, you know, it hit this whole pop punk. Oh, I totally left out Blink-182. Um, of course. Not meaning to, but <laughs> truly, like, it was just a, a good solid three to four years of, like, that was the only thing that hit my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, Evanescence. I mean, you were you were just hitting this really dark and moody time in music and i was basking in it (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean it definitely i feel like that scene in that time was so so special and interesting i mean it was it was definitely a huge thing that shaped me and yeah like it's 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 just it was such an interesting scene of people who were like inclusive or at least it seemed like they were at least that's what the message was uh you know looking back there definitely were the goth kids and the nerds and like every everybody i fit in nowhere and i guess that's probably why i went that direction i was like a little bit of everything and Mm -hmm. went that music direction and and i mean the people listening to it i would go to like i would go to little mosh pits and like Mm -hmm. raves at barns like in my area just like random barns and like uh, teenagers who had band yes yes ohio (laughs) i should preface that um like tons of cornfields and barns and then like a band would be playing in that barn that night and Mm. i would go early teens like maybe 13 14 you know up through a couple more years and and i would go and like there would be mosh pits and just a bunch of like random punk bands playing. I gotta say, that so sounds just, awesome. Like, I would love to be a part was, of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if I could go do it, like, at my age or, like, maybe 10 years ago, um, maybe not at 13, like, maybe not the best place for me to be hanging out. But <laughs> Well, you know. <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I mean, it was so cool. And it, and it just really exposed me to this whole other side of music really young, especially coming from, you know, Reba McIntyre and Garth Brooks and, and right. George Strait. A whole 180. Uh, Andrew McMahon and, and something corporate were like the I feel like they were kind of like a bridge band that kind of got me into more like piano driven music like that's something that always kind of made me want to learn like I, I learned a little bit of some of their songs but I just never stuck with learning the piano because I well for one thing I didn't have one and for for the yeah. second thing I was trying to be taught by my girlfriend at the time and that did not do well for our relationship so right, we, right. we jettisoned that idea uh, and yes. I just never went back to it but I do play bass and I, I played in a couple of pop punk bands and we've, you know, oh, we cool. cover, we would cover Blink and all these, all those bands as well. But it's funny yes. that you mentioned like that going to the piano, like when somebody recommends Jimmy Eat World, you can just play it because I, I, like when I pick up the bass, like even if I haven't played it in a couple of years and I just like throw on some Fallout Boy or like AFI oh, yeah. or something oh, like that, I, I, just, I just remember Fall how to play Boy, it. Panic at the Disco. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, you're bringing so them all many. back. <laughs> But it, it feels so good to be able to go back to those like to those bands and like yeah. just playing the music is just it just feels great to to have that like always in your fingers. <laughs> Absolutely. And and piano wasn't really my thing growing up. I was always like tinkering around and I I just never really had any true formal training. Mm-hmm. Um I, I formally <laughs> trained on the violin and oh, wow. then okay. formally trained on the saxophone, alto sax, and the bassoon. 
Uh, okay. So well. you want to talk about the person that looked like they were going to the airport every day when they went to school? It was me. Um, yeah. Words to the black <laughs> I was like playing. Yes, I was playing sports. I had this violin on my backpack, on my bag, and I'm carrying a bassoon and a saxophone. Like truly, it looked like I was moving every day when I went to school and came what, home. Uh, what sport did you play? Um, I played a lot of things. Well, so okay. mainly softball. I really like softball. Um, I played basketball. I ran cross country. Mm-hmm. and track and i was in swimming and diving um that's great that's really awesome pumping that you were... my calendar <laughs> full of everything as much as like it felt like some parents would be forcing kids into doing that sometimes i kind of wish i got pushed more into it like because yeah. i would just dick around with my friends after school like i kind of <laughs> wish that i was you know either playing doing marching band or doing a sport or something like that you know i don't yeah. really regret how i spent my time but i do feel like i could have been a little more well-rounded <laughs> if I, was, I had done some I was more things obsessively obsessively involved in everything i could get my hands into um except for the things that i wound up doing like i wasn't mm-hmm. in piano in any way shape or form and i wasn't in theater until hmm. like very late high school and then uh a hip injury i had a double hip surgery when i was a late teen mm-hmm. and um ended up having to quit sports and was like oh, i'm so bored what am i gonna do joined choir on a whim hmm. um i think maybe my junior year and was like okay this isn't so bad and the choir director was like how about you try out for the musical and i was like okay well this isn't so bad (laughs) and uh it it kind of morphed from there to truly going to college for musical theater during college i joined an acapella group and then became the music director of said acapella group and mind you this is like pre-pitch perfect days it's like as pitch perfect was coming out was my freshman year and the acapella group was like getting their feet off the ground uh-huh. and uh i took over as music director and we we did the whole pitch perfect round i mean we went to iccas we did it all we were performing around campus and like acapella festivals in the area and um got some really cool opportunities my senior year but i arranged music all the way through for them and so it was constantly you know in the musical theater department and then mm-hmm. with this acapella group like playing piano um, trying to harmonize and trying to write this these musical arrangements to make them <laughs> to make them good so that we didn't suck as an acapella yeah. group because uh, being in an acapella group enough like if we were a bad acapella group it would have been even worse. Um, <laughs> so that's but, true. I feel like if you have I mean, an acapella like, group, you yeah. you have to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or you're like just permanently gonna be be on everyone's shit list. But um, you know, so we we were. Not terrible by any means. My senior year, we went and we performed at the White House for the Obamas. Um, oh wow, that's amazing! Around yeah, we did a we did like a thank the press event that they invited us to perform at. Wow, that's and, incredible! Um, it was for all of like the journalists and news anchors and reporters from around the world that had really been helpful in getting the information from the White House out to the world. Mm-hmm. So we're performing for all of them, and then we performed privately for President Obama and the First Lady, and then. As that performance is wrapping up, we were approached by the producer of the Today Show. Um, and he was like, hey, can you come on in a couple months? We'd love to have you on. And then it ended up that we brought on Anna Kendrick for Pitch Perfect 3. Wow. <laughs> because I that's that's how long it had been. It had been like three years or four wow. years, I guess, of me in college that, that finally Pitch Perfect 3 was coming out. So we mm-hmm. brought on Pitch Perfect 3 <laughs> um, to the Today Show. And... You know, after that, I had 
enough of a, a well-rounded idea of piano that I, I got a piano job at a theme park. Mm-hmm. I moved to New York City. I was looking at getting singer-actor contracts. Um, I would not say dancer, strong mover, but... <laughs> You know, it it just kept going from there and then got a call from a boss that I had done a previous contract for. And he was like, do you want to work on cruise ships? And truly, cruise ships were my goal Mm -hmm. Um, in a different capacity. I really wanted to be a singer in the cast. And then, you know, it it just kind of a a girlfriend of mine said this the other day and she said it's a a quote by her dad. So um, it just felt really poignant at this topic. But it was don't let your dreams get in the way of opportunity. And that's a great, so, that's a great line. I mean, and it totally applied in that case scenario because I sat there going, okay, well, I really don't want to do like a, a piano job on a cruise ship. Like that's not my dream. My dream is to be a singer in the cast, but you know what? You want to be on a cruise ship. So how about you try it? It's only three yeah. months. Well, the three month contract ended up getting extended and it became a six month contract on board. Classic. <laughs> and obviously I met you in, in 2020, well, 2019, 2020. So I, I didn't stop. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I loved the travel. I loved the culture. I loved the culture on board of being surrounded by so many languages and people and everything and, and the music. I mean, my job was yeah. really cool because I got to play it all. I truly got to play it all. Yeah. And you get to play all the time too. I mean, that's, so, I mean, I know we're, we're back on cruise ships now, but I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, in, I just in, tangented in the, in the, my whole life at you. <laughs> but man, that, that, Yeah. That's quite a wild ride. I mean, that's, I, I don't know if I'd be able to sum up all of those things in, in, in five minutes. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did you, did you sing some Avril Lavigne acapella for the president or, or what was oh, it? Oh <laughs> No, it was a holiday concert. So we really, oh, okay. for the, just the president and the first lady, we did a lot of holiday tunes, but for the thank the press we did a myriad of like pop stuff um mm-hmm. and this was pop stuff in 2014 so um it was like rihanna and andy Grammer and you know anything that was topping the charts right then that i could put some more harmonies in because mm-hmm. that was also a time and it, it's kind of still continued to today but it was a time where the beat was super prominent in songs and there right. wasn't a lot of background sound <laughs> so it was like can I finagle some harmonies into this song or should we just leave this one be? Because it can't just be beatbox and, and a melody. Right. But yeah, it was really cool. That sounds like a really interesting and fun challenge to be, to, you know, to come up with those with those melodies and harmonies. And that's, that's yeah. great. That sounds like such a cool opportunity. And that that quote is something that I will definitely like take to heart because it's, oh, yeah. it's definitely true. And I feel like I do kind of do that myself as well. Like I'll try to take I try to take advantage of any opportunity I get and right. see where it takes me like you you know you've taken like you said you started off with acapella and you became the, you, you became the band leader for the acapella group and then yeah. you're in the white house and you're on the today show you know you never know where anything's going to take you <laughs> right right and she just she just said it to me at lunch um earlier this week we were on a business lunch for my now small business mm-hmm. and um she had quoted her dad and she was like you know my dad always said and that's how she, we were talking about how we both ended up in the wedding industry uh-huh. and because she and i I both went to musical theater school so we're both just maneuvering in any which way we can mm-hmm. yeah no i yeah. mean and much like i said in the very beginning of this uh, that is also a common theme with most uh, artists and freelancers i know it's kind of like well i went to school for this and now i'm doing this <laughs> uh-huh so, yeah uh, yeah i mean i have a degree in studio photography and a minor in uh philosophy so i i'm endlessly hireable oh 
Oh, yes. And honestly, but that is so I wish I would have had the foresight to go to school for any kind of photography because, you know, I mean, I think I want to dabble in every art form there is. Mm -hmm. Um, But photography is definitely like one that constantly draws me in. I I don't know uh, almost anything about it, but I want to be an expert. (laughs) So, I mean, I I do appreciate a lot of the stuff I learned and the studio stuff and the people that I got to meet in, in art school. However, when I look at my student loans, sometimes I go, did I uh, really need that? I probably could have watched yeah. some YouTube videos and learned yeah. a lot of this, <laughs> but right. or rent, spent the money on renting studio space myself and figured it out. Right, but, right. It's hard because, I mean, musical theater is not a, a degree required job field either. So I, I understand where yeah. it's like, Shh, I could be self-taught, but here I sit. <laughs> literally no, spent my time literally no job has required me to have a bachelor's degree <laughs> since I got right. hired. They just want to see my portfolio. <laughs> right, right. I mean, there's nothing on a on a musical theater audition where they're like, please show us you went to college for this. They're just like, can you can you do it? They're like, yeah, do you, that sounds good. We'll take you. We don't care what your <laughs> credentials are beyond that. Right, but, right. But you are. So, I mean, it's a good it's a good way to segue into what you're doing now. You mentioned that you're you know, you have a small business. You're doing something completely different. You're in the wedding industry. Can you talk a little bit about how you got into that? Um, Okay, so nutshell version is I have been obsessive about handwriting since I was a little kid. If you ask my parents if there was something that I was always, you know, attached to, it was Mm -hmm. a pen and paper. And so I was very obsessive about my handwriting as I I grew up. And I've always loved writing people notes. I send snail mail like no other. I swear I (laughs) single-handedly support the USPS. At least somebody is. Yes, yes. And it's me, (laughs) I tell you, because I've always the person to like write a note, write a letter, write a card. I don't forget birthdays. Like there are things that are, have just been very integral to my upbringing. And my mom raised me that after every holiday or after you ever receive a gift, it's a thank you card right away. So Hmm. she has fantastic handwriting and we have a couple pieces hanging in the house where it was calligraphy that she had done in, you know, on a, I don't know, a, an adult education class, like a hobby class, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't really for like any kind of qualification, but she was taking classes with my great grandmother. So her grandmother, she gotcha. took like a basket class and a calligraphy <laughs> class and she, and she really liked calligraphy. So she bought the supplies and she made a couple gorgeous pieces that are in her house now. And it, it kind of just was inspiring at the start of the pandemic last year, you know, we finally got off the ship. I got back to rural Ohio and I was like, now what? I have no idea. I have, I mean, I I went, okay, well, (laughs) tourism and entertainment have just been wiped off the map entirely. What am I supposed to do? And so to completely avoid depression, I think I just started spamming everyone I knew with mail. Hmm. I mean, cards galore. I have a, I'm, I hoard stationary like no other i see cards in the store i'm like must have this must have this and it's going home with me so i just had tons of cards and i have tons of stamps because that's another thing you know go to the post office and i'm like i know i have a hundred stamps at home but sure i wouldn't mind another book you know when they ask (laughs) yeah why not yeah, You're so <laughs> right, and I totally did. Last year, I think I sent over 300 cards. Wow. Just, you know, each one checking in on somebody or responding to somebody. I got so much mail in return, which was the best thing because the most exciting part of my day last year was checking the mail. And, and it it became really cool, but I started with brush lettering 
out on the envelopes to make the envelopes really decorative and pretty. Right. And it just kind of kept evolving. And I kept, you know, challenging myself to learn new techniques. And I was like, I just want to try calligraphy. So I grabbed my mom's supplies. Some of them were like rusty. I mean, we're talking like the 80s, maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. Um, late 70s that these are from. And she's got the ink and the dip pen. And I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. So I sat and I played with it a little bit. And then I was like, okay, I kind of understand. Let me order some actual non-rusty supplies and, and we'll go into it. And ordered supplies, started playing around and became a calligrapher. I mean, I I took a video class, like a very short video class to get some of the basics Mm -hmm. of the technique and and specifically to learn a few fonts. Okay. But a Mm. lot of it is just derived from my own handwriting and my own obsessiveness for this like creative outlet in a a time of a lot of depression. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah, I started doing um, my, my best friend got married last year and he asked me if I would do their wedding envelopes, guest addresses. Um, and he Very and his nice. wife now, they were like my first clients. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I did theirs. Um, I was his best man. So it was like a cool wedding gift that I could mm-hmm. t- could give them. But it ended up just really taking off. And I, I'm friends with a, a wedding planner in the Cleveland area who I went to musical theater school with. And... You know, it just kind of evolved into, I think I could do this. And I think I could do this. And what if I try this? And how about, you know, when she reached out to me, she's like, I know you do calligraphy. Do you design invitations? And I'm like, you know what? I, I can. Let's figure yeah. it out. So I I got some software and <laughs> uh, I started playing around in the creative cloud and uh, started designing stationery out of nowhere. And then I was like, you know what? I really want to make digital art. That's just something that seems really soothing and entertaining to me. So I started making digital art and truly everything has just been out of necessity, out of creative outlet needing and wanting to put something out into the world where I used to sit down in front of hundreds of people every night and like, (laughs) you know, sing my face off and, and feel this, this awesome energy. And instead I'm like, okay, I'm just going to write as much as I can or do whatever I can and just pump this energy out into the world. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's turned into really, really cool projects that I would have never foreseen. I did a giant calligraphy piece of somebody's lyrics to their first dance. I did, um, a custom set of bookmarks last week that I'm really excited to share because they turned out so (laughs) cool. But that also made me learn how to use watercolor. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's it's like the jack of all trades. Yeah. The jack of all trades who like not all the trades are, are straight up to the top yet, but it's constantly evolving in everything that I do. Yeah. So it's been entering the wedding industry a little bit. It's been really cool. cool. I mean, and, a lot of that, again, is just you being like kind of open to it and just kind of saying yes and yeah. up for the cha- being up for the challenge. Like, I think right. we learn like, we're kind of like Google. We can just figure stuff out if we try it. <laughs> like there's so yeah. many resources for us, like between YouTube and everything else that you can you can learn how to do anything if you have the drive to push yourself. Right. And I feel like you kind of in the same way have to be people like us very I don't know. I guess I said us assuming, but I'm very left-brained creative Mm -hmm. and I'm also very right-brained where I'm like very organized and hyper-focused and I get into like, there's just 
two different sides of me constantly fighting for the Mm -hmm. attention. So I would kind of assume based on how organized and like everything that you're constantly doing, you're really (laughs) on top of your schedule, but you're out like, you know, you're a very big go getter and you want to see the world and do all these things. And then the philosophy side comes in and those two, those two parts of me are definitely always fighting with each other. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm not crazy. Just, I'm not assuming things. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like that's, it's very similar in that, you know, I'm constantly just like, I can figure this out, but we, it does have to, to be a very specific kind of person that can do that without just panicking and running away <laughs> i'm not saying that we can figure out how to fix a car if we put our minds there. i'm sure we could but hey, i'm saying we, we have we have like a skills we have a certain skill set and within that like we have like the ability to yeah. kind of move into other areas like i yeah. someone is in the process of uh licensing one of my images for a book cover and then they oh asked gosh. me if i want to just design their book cover and i was like yeah, let me just, yeah, I'm just going to do it. Yes. You know, I haven't used InDesign or Illustrator in like six years, but I already yeah. think I remember enough of it. I can pick it up again. So I'm, I'm just I'm like, I'm just up for the I'm currently teaching myself all of those programs. And it, I mean, like you said, it's just, if you can look it up on YouTube, you can figure it out. You know, it's, it's a lot of self-taught freedom. Totally. And I have, I do have a little bit of formal training in them from graphic yes. design school. So I do have like a little bit of a base. So I know where yeah. I'm going and I'm used to using Adobe programs. So at least they're kind of in the same neighborhood. Right. But what you were saying about starting this because you were trying to avoid depression, I totally get that because <laughs> right? coming back from the ship, I God. was, you know, I was in New Jersey for a month before I was mm-hmm. like, I can't. I just can't, I like, I can't live in that. a basement right now. <laughs> I can't do this anymore yeah. for one month. Like it's, I can't go from traveling Asia to living in a basement in New Jersey. Yeah. And what took you back to Jersey? Is that family? Is that? Yeah. That's where my family's from. Okay. Okay. So I went to live with yeah. family for a very brief time. Right. And rural Ohio is family. So I'm still with family now. Um, and I'm, I'm having that, or I, I think I've had that for the past year and a half, that itch of like, I was so used to for almost five years straight, like nonstop movement right? and nonstop, just like culture and shuffling around and experiencing and, and no routine. I mean, screw routine. I hate it. I'm not yep. one for it. Um, <laughs> I love a challenge. I love like thinking on my feet and figuring it out. And all of a sudden it was like, there are there are literally 24 hours in a day. Like before I was like, there's not enough time in a day. (laughs) And then I was like, holy shit, there's 24 hours of this. Like, what am I supposed to do? Oh man, (laughs) that's a great way. That's a great way to put it because that is how it feels. Just just like I was saying before, like it feels, it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't feel like it's been almost a year and a half since we left the ship, but also it feels like there's so many times in there, like pockets of time that felt like they were just lasting forever. Yeah. It's crazy how, That's how like, time is relative based on how you're experiencing it. And and it's relevant and it's entirely irrelevant. That it too, it just yeah. really depends on your environment and your experience and what you're currently doing. Because I I truly like before I didn't care what day of the week it was because we were on the ship and we were going from port to port and it didn't really yeah. matter. I just knew where we were going to be the next day. And right. now I don't really care what day it is because tomorrow doesn't matter right now. Like, unless you're going, unless like, you're going into a small port in Alaska and it's Sunday and you're like, oh, I guess we're not going to the bar today because everything's accurate, closed. <laughs> accurate. Or you're like, okay, you know, I have to make sure that I it's it's Friday night, so I don't want to hit the fr- crazy Friday night traffic somewhere. <laughs> right. But it, I mean, yeah, for, Vancouver for Island most, on a Saturday. Mm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just like trying to like sprint back to the ship as fast <laughs> yeah. as possible. Definitely done that a few times Yo, more totally. than I would like to admit. <laughs> 
talking about your your uh, envelope design again, uh, I I think one of the things that stuck out to me is when you started posting about it was the, the one of the first things I noticed was that you use Leslie uh, Nope and Ben <laughs> yes! Wyatt on your, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, does that say Leslie Nope? Is that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that says Pawnee. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> and I, I, I've noticed, I mean, I think we've talked about our similar love of TV shows between Parks and Rec and Community and... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, and truly, there's like, there's a certain kind of comedy that is just right in the pocket for me. Yep. You know, I, I think that Parks and Rec and, and The Office and like all the... Everybody loves them, but mm-hmm. it's just a very specific kind of humor. You can find Definitely. that humor in British TV. You can find that humor all over the place. And I love it. I seek it out all the time. By the way, I'm I'm finally watching Shit's Creek. I'm in season two. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I finally am on the train. <laughs> it's it's literally Shit's Creek is why my my small business was is called Warmest Regards Design. You know what? I have not put the, I, I did never did not put that together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, because Dan Levy's character David is always like best wishes, warmest regards. Yeah. Um, I wanted it something. I wanted it to be something with paper and something with like a sign off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like old classic because I'm going back to the dip pen, which was you know originated with like the ink and the quill. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, I wanted it to be something really formal and old and yet something that was super modern and and like relevant mm-hmm. and Shit's Creek is like hands down one of my absolute favorite shows um I'm getting through it pretty fast so I'm it, excited to see where it goes because I don't yes. you know I, nobody's spoiled so, it for oh, me so I'm excited to good. see how it all how it all turns out but I'm loving it so far it's definitely yeah I've heard I heard multiple things about how it starts and how it gets better but like mm-hmm. right from the beginning, I thought it was great. So, oh, yeah, I got hooked on it. And actually, my parents hooked me on it. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, you're from New Jersey, but I'm from rural Ohio. So yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of dead ringers uh, within the very <laughs> the small aesthetic of the town. Tropes. I'm, yeah, I mean, the town that I come from doesn't have a stoplight. Hmm. We have one store and a tiny post office and <laughs> nothing else. So a volunteer really, uh, fire department. You really can uh, relate to a lot of these things. Oh yes, what's yes, your, absolutely. What's your like Elmdale? <laughs> Ooh, um, I would say it's it's a uh, Fremont where I went to high school because I okay. didn't even go to school in my tiny town because oh, so there wasn't like even a school. Sending district. Yes, so we we're constantly <laughs> like busing busing over there, and I mean it's it's maybe fifteen ish minutes away, but uh-huh. it's definitely. You know, this tiny town, I don't even live within the town. I live within mm-hmm. the village limits. Oh, wow. Um, so my neighbors <laughs> are actually cornfields. And Hey, but you got uh, Wi-Fi. I do. I have really, <laughs> really good Wi-Fi. Because if you look across the cornfields, you're looking directly at a tower. So oh, okay. that's like a, a giant plus. But yeah, my nearest neighbor is maybe like a half a mile away. That's probably um, like a, a double-edged sword. It's probably nice yeah, to be yeah. by yourself and have the quiet. The true crime fan in me is like, danger, danger, danger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad I asked about Shit's Creek then because I did yeah. not put that together. And I'm, it's really cool that you chose that based on that reason. I'll bring it back in a little bit to um, since you mentioned TikTok. And actually, I, I, had, I just made a note a little earlier that I think you would do really well on TikTok. If you, do, you, do you use it? 
So for warmest regards. Yeah. Uh, so I, I went on one day and I was like, I'm going to post calligraphy on my own personal TikTok. And mm-hmm. so I posted a few videos. There's, there's a couple and they've done okay, but I am just like, sometimes I, I hate social media and sometimes <laughs> I'm super invested and I, I'm trying to find the mental space where I'm like super invested in another platform and like content creating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I truly think like with Instagram changing the algorithm, as a small business owner, it's going to really make me shift and make me actually focus more on reels and, and moving towards TikTok. So, yeah. yeah, I went on one day and I did grab the handle for warmest regards. So make sure that nobody okay. else took it. I do that with my but, things as well. When I come up with an idea, I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to just go ahead and go make so a profile on everything really now. <laughs> right, right. So I, you know, I grab my domain name and I grab my TikTok handle and I grab my Etsy shop and like everything that I I hope to one day do. And yeah. I would really like to start posting some stuff on TikTok. It's just a matter of getting the gumption. And sure, I understand. I, but I, I, I can totally, like, I, I can picture it being just so cool and really cool. I'd, I'd love to see your process yeah. and, you know, to see it come to life. And people love, I will say that people really, really love when I post on Instagram, just like process videos of mm-hmm. writing a full name oh, or yeah. like addressing an envelope or something. Like people are like, oh, this is so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be an like... ASMR thing if you're doing it in real time because it's so slow. Yeah. It is such a slow process when, you know, when it's on, on Instagram and I have a 30 second reel and I'm just writing the top letter of a name, but it's been like a five minute video that I'm condensing into 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. You know, it's it's hilarious. I can see there being a, a, an ASMR market if you get like a really sensitive microphone for like the pen yeah. on the paper. Like I could see that being right. like something Just, that really touches people's drags. ear bones the right way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. You also so you also mentioned hand uh, fonts. And I was like, you know, what? something I've never really thought of is fonts when it comes to handwritten things. So ah. it's weird. It's something weird to think of when you use you usually use digital media right and not handwriting like i am not a good handwriter i if i take my time it looks decent uh if i go fast it's almost illegible to anybody besides myself (laughs) so yeah oh yeah i mean the i think that's a very not to generalize but i i do think that's a very stereotypical thing for a boy because you guys like you grew up not really caring and all the girls were like practicing on their journals and their notebooks and they're like writing in their diaries and making sure everything is perfect and (laughs) i Myself and a, a girlfriend of mine, when we were in like seventh grade, we practiced handwriting and like every week we would switch to a new handwriting. And my English teacher hated it because, she, you know, you get used to somebody's handwriting and then she's like, who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> right. But It's funny, though. I wrote a lot as a kid. Yeah. But I didn't care about how it looked. I just wanted to get the ideas down. Like I just wanted to get it out of my mind. Okay. (laughs) So intention might be why the stylistic comes up because mine, (laughs) mine very much. So was like, I want this to look pretty. My mom had really pretty handwriting. Like she Mm -hmm. has perfect handwriting. So that's definitely helpful for me. It was always like an inspiration growing up. Like I want to write that. But I mean, even to the degree of I will switch depending on my intention, whether I'm writing in all caps, whether I'm writing in lowercase, whether I'm writing in lowercase with like a serif mm-hmm. um, or like a sans serif. I, I It's cursive. My natural, what I naturally go to is just cursive. Okay. It feels the best. It's so silly. And then sometimes it's like a, maybe a slang, like a mm-hmm. mix between cursive and print. Um, but it's always very like flourished, whatever okay. I'm writing. So it kind of naturally morphed into calligraphy. 
is like uh, writing out your own font, like each letter for your own font, something you'd be interested in doing? Ooh, that would be very cool. You know, I actually just um, was talking to a stationer last night about taking a course in making your own font for like Mm -hmm. Procreate or for being able to upload it to your your own software and stuff. I think that would be very cool. There's a million of them out there. But every time I hear Procreate, I just think it's like a sperm bank. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) When I when I first started talking about the app um, for anybody who doesn't know if this doesn't get taken out. Uh, Procreate is a drawing app on Mm -hmm. Apple products, specifically the iPad. And I use it to create a lot of my digital art and to kind of draft stuff um, before I go into calligraphy mode on paper. Mm -hmm. Paper is expensive. And actually right now the world is in super short supply because of COVID. It's a nightmare. And so I will draft everything that I need to draft on my iPad first in Procreate, watercolor, everything. And then I will, you know, print it out if I need to, mm-hmm. um, or just reference straight from the iPad or my, or my laptop and, using and create Pen? from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Definitely. You like that? I love the Apple. Pencil. I've heard nothing but good things yeah. about it. Like it's definitely saved my life. If I was nice. using like my finger or it's even more, you know, touch sensitive than a stylus. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I've, I've yet to, I've, I've played with it a little bit. My sister has one cause mm-hmm. she does some graphic art as well. And yeah. I, uh, it felt kind of cool, but I wasn't actually doing anything intentional with it. I was kind of just oh, playing yeah. around. So I actually would want to get one and try it out. Right. And you can find where the more weight you use, it will truly press more like a pencil and stuff too. So, mm-hmm. you know, experimenting, I, I have a bunch of different brushes and some brushes that have imported into the system um, that I like more specifically. And I just, I love it. So do you, but you definitely default to like manual handwritten pen in hand kind of over, over digital hands, hands down. Um, I enjoy digital creating. It's something totally new to me, but if I'm going to be working in a media in that form, then yes, paper and pencil, paper and pen, paper and ink, marker, paint, whatever it is. But it's also great. You have the option and you're not wasting resources by like, right, right. Scrapping a bunch of stuff. You're actually, you can practice on there and then go to the handwritten for your final draft. Yeah. And it's been very helpful for me. I mean, just in learning, you know, when I really don't like this, I I might like this and it it allows me to play so much with forms and settings and how I want everything laid out. You know, you Mm -hmm. can just circle it and move stuff around. You don't have to like completely erase it and do it all over again. You can just move sections. That makes sense. But I didn't really think about that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can play with a million different aspects of it before Mm -hmm. I land on a design, which is, you know, sometimes maybe going to, to some people take the energy out of it, but at least I know for my client, it's going to look perfect because we can go through as many drafts as I need to before it's on the paper. I guess it depends on the project. I mean, like when I, when I write, like I write, like I write poetry, but I also like, sometimes I write scripts and stuff with my friend and for the scripts, we do a lot of like rewriting and we hand go back and forth and we take advice. But for like the poetry thing, it's always just like, kind of like vomit out, whatever, is on my mind. I get it the way I like it. And then I stop there. Like I don't go back and edit. I, I want it to right. be a representation of how I was feeling. So in it all depends moment. on the project you're working on. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I saw like seeing your photos of the envelopes and the, and the projects you've done, also the mirrors that you've been doing are super cool. So if you yeah, want to talk about that, that that's awesome. But your photos mm. of the envelopes and, and your writing shows off that you really love like photography because like you it seems very intentional the way that you shoot them and light them and angle them so i really like yeah i have loved the pictures and i think and i'm sure they're a really good marketing tool for you 
Oh, thanks. That's a uh, very high honor coming from you because I'm always like, oh, God, this is terrible. And I'm constantly trying to like bring natural light in as much as possible because I hate lighting stuff without natural, natural light. light. Yeah. And like diffusing it. I've been learning, you know, a million things. But there's some things that I'm not so great at photographing, specifically mm-hmm. like mirrors. It's a brand new thing for me. I Taking pictures of mirrors brings in a million different elements. Um, but I've been using a lot of mirrors uh, for wedding signage. People mm-hmm. want, you know, a welcome sign or an unplugged ceremony sign or a signature cocktails or their bar or like cards and gifts. You know, there's a million signs that go into an event or a wedding and doing stuff like that. It's been really cool to use mirrors and use glass and like play with that. But taking pictures of it, pff, I'm learning every single day. I can't figure it out. But yeah, I mean, taking taking the pictures, it's been a whole nother creative outlet for me. I got my little Canon that I've had since maybe 2010, 2011. It was like a, like a point and shoot? It, well, no, it's a, it's an XLR. I thought it was oh, up here, XLR. but it's not. Okay. Yep. It's a little XLR and I have a little, um, I have a couple of lenses for it. I've been trying okay, to great. use my 25 millimeter and my 50 millimeter as much as possible so I can get the close up, but mm-hmm. I don't have to be like on top of it so is that what you're Um, is that what you're shooting with when you shoot most of your stationary and everything yeah okay i was gonna say because the the depth of field is really nice in those images and like it and you can tell that it's not it's not like with my little iphone (laughs) which i mean to be fair portrait mode on iphone is amazing yes it has saved me a million a million times over and some of the stuff i shoot um if i'm not really worried about depth of field like i do i have a little uh floral series that i've been posting Mm -hmm. um and all of that is done on my iphone just because it's easy it's a flat i don't need depth i just Mm -hmm. want the envelope on the the marble but when it's the true marketing material of taking a good picture of a mirror or grabbing some a really cool picture of some tent place cards or like you said the calligraphy on an envelope with like a dip pen in the background it's giving me a lot more room to work with to to shoot on an xlr for sure and the and like depth of field is one of the hardest things to like get right especially when you're shooting products because you want to make sure you can see everything but sometimes you want to like you want to choose that one spot to make people focus on and with yours, yeah, like, and especially I, when it's like Leslie Nope and Ben White, you know, like it's okay that yeah. it fades into the background and you can't read all of the words you're getting. Because you can fill you, it in you, if you know you it. You want to be able to see the like quality of the of the lettering is what you really want to focus right. on. Right. And that particular picture is gold ink. And so I was mm-hmm. trying to catch the metallic reflection of that gold because it was so pretty. Nice. But it has to hit the light in just a certain way. And there's yeah. no way to bring it all in. Yeah. yeah, lighting is tricky and right. Uh, like a wide aperture is definitely nice because you're letting in more light, so you can shoot in natural right. light, but also you get that nice shallow depth of field. Yeah, but absolutely. I but I don't need to do a photo class right now. I can just, <laughs> I just say I appreciate your photos and they, everything looks amazing. I so appreciate that. That's an awesome compliment. Thank you. So um, I want to basically kind of wrap up with a couple of uh, questions that I kind of ask everybody, and one of the things yeah. I always ask is if. Do you, do you work better when you find when you get inspired and go go work or do you work better when you sit yourself down and say I need to work on some stuff let's go do it Ooh it depends on what day of the week it is I 
Truly. I mean, I'm very much like environmentally based. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like the night before I'm like, okay, tomorrow you just have to get shit done. Like you need yep. to get up, you need to go at it. You already know what you need to do. You just have to figure out how to do it. And then some days, you know, I'll, I'll start, I'll wake up, no real game plan. And then something will just strike. Like yesterday, I had a couple pieces of plexiglass sitting around and mm-hmm. I really wanted to make some new signage. Had no idea what to do, but I just looked at it and I was like, I could build a website or I could really like go play with that. And I want to play with that right now. And it turned into something stunning. Like I can't wait to take pictures of it and post it. I mean, I was able to do something totally different, but it was spur of the moment creative. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no plan. I've never done this before. I'm just going to try. Well, that's super awesome that you're like, I don't want to work on this. I'm going to go do something else creative. It's super cool that your other thing is like a creative thing that turns into something amazing. Mine, right. mine usually ends up being like, I'd rather go on a hike than do the work that I need to do, like edit, to edit this video oh that somebody's gosh. paying yeah. me to edit. <laughs> but mental health wise, I mean, that's the best thing. And that's that's one cool thing about mine is like being a creative outlet. It still allows me to like process all of my mm-hmm. depression and unseated emotions <laughs> through <laughs> constant just like getting in there and like trying to get my hands dirty and, you know, making sure I don't spray paint the Mm. sidewalk on accident, you know? (laughs) Well, I did, although I, although I just framed mine, like mine was like a little bit of a self-deprecating thing, but I I framed it as negative, but it's definitely a positive for me because when I go out and hike, like it does help me clear my mind, helps me gather my thoughts when I'm hiking or even I'm running or anything else. I'm always like either making mental notes or actual notes on my phone of like, something that has to do with a project I'm working on or something else I want to work on a question I want to ask somebody when we interview, like anything like that. Like it's always, it's just a time for me to not be distracted by media, social media, anything else. It's me to Mm -hmm. like look at nature, clear my mind and like, let's, let some of those ideas marinate. Yes. And I will say on that topic, just as a creative inspiration moment, when I got home um, at the start of the pandemic, I just started going on long walks, like an hour a day. Um, sometimes they were runs, they ended up becoming runs and part of like a fitness journey, Mm -hmm. but I would spend an hour, at least a day outside. And I was able to like, if I needed to talk out loud or like my mom was with me and I would just talk to her about everything that was in my head as far as like my creative energy and like what I needed to do. And there were so many times where I would you know, be stressed out about like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what I need to do for this. I would go on a walk. I would come back and I would have the answer because my time outside, my time away from that element, my time away from that, you know, kind of sometimes the, the creative space can get stressful and my time away from it was sometimes more creative and more freeing because mm-hmm. there were no limitations right around. I could just go do what I needed to. And if the answer came to me, then it came to me. Yeah. Definitely. Sometimes yeah. stepping away is the best thing you can do for yeah. like, your creative projects. Go Uh-oh. for anyone listening this far, go outside, <laughs> just go outside. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah, you're speaking my language now, but yeah. <laughs> so, and the, uh, the last question I want to ask you is how, how would you like to be remembered? Whether that's Ooh. in a family sense or whether that's in a global sense, or do you, do you have anything that you'd want to be remembered for? Oh, okay. So philosophically, this is hitting my deepest anxieties. Um, because I don't really want kids. Mm-hmm. And when I say I don't really want kids, like it's just never been on the radar. So in the future, if anyone listens to this and you happen to be an offspring of mine, it, 
<laughs> just disregard. But, um, but truly, I've just never seen that in my future. I've been like seeing, you know, I'll be like a dog mom. Mm-hmm. But I want to like make a change in the world. I I just am so driven to do more. I want everything to be big. I want to be the best at something. I want to be out there so that I can have a platform so that I can use the platform for good. I can't tell you how many friends of mine I have like talked their ears off being like all these famous people are out there not giving a crap about the planet or the world and they're not using their platform for good. (laughs) Maybe it's just really conceited of me that I'm like, I would use it better. But Mm -hmm. truly I, you know, that's, that's where my brain is. I'm constantly like, what can I do? I want to get I want to constantly be putting good energy out and, and I guess, so how I want to be remembered is I want to have made some kind of change and whether that's a small trickle effect of the people that I've impacted and the people that I've given beautiful memories to and helped make better people or helped elevate their experience or whatever it is. I want to be known as somebody who is always like always giving. Well, um, that's really beautiful. I mean, I think that's I just want really to change the world. <laughs> sounds so silly <laughs> it definitely i mean as grandiose as some of it ma- may sound like the, I it feel feels like the, so cliche <laughs> not really i mean i feel like not many people have that goal in mind when they're trying to get better as like get famous like people don't want to get famous so they can make things better not ever, oh. <laughs> you know i'm sure there are people but right. most people are like i want to be known as the best piano player i want to be known as the best singer oh. i want to be the best photographer like most no, people are like I... I want to be the best so i can make a change in the world. It's usually like a byproduct. Well, because I don't actually want fame. Like, I think that that's terrifying. I don't want that at all, but I would love to have the platform that comes with fame so that I could help to make the change. I would love to have the indispensable income so that I could help to make the change. You know, I feel like there are people like us who are constantly just putting things out in the world, just wanting other people to grab on and be like, it's okay. We got this. Like we can do it. We'll figure it out together. And you know what? Like, the small changes add up to big things. I I think like the the small effects you have on people, and you know, I feel yeah. like you like, I I feel like we connected a little bit over. You give off like a an ethos of like you are you just want people to be happy and you want to make people happy. And I feel that like makes it, me so it, happy. <laughs> it seems like it comes from the scene. You know, the, I like to think that the punk scene kind of stays within us all and like i feel like that like growing up in that scene made us all want to have everybody be able to be equal and included everybody's welcome get in here yeah Yeah, that's exactly the mentality exactly and i mean and you you give that off and i think you've definitely like made people's lives better and in 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 many ways and i that's so kind very much appreciate you kind of taking your time to talk about this i feel like we've I, we've we've gotten yeah. into stuff that I didn't even know that I wanted to dig into with you deeper. So, yep, it, um, it's how it always happens, right? Yeah. Like you get with somebody who's kind of like minded, and then it just like spirals. Um, yeah, exactly. Just like everything else, yeah. you kind of if you leave yourself open to the possibility, then who yes. knows where it will go? <laughs> yeah, don't let your dreams get in the way of opportunity. Um, yeah. I'm gonna you know start my own podcast one of these days, and I'm definitely going to have you on. Um, <laughs> and then we can like travel the world, and yeah, it'll be great. We'll yes, meet yes. up with Claire, everyone else. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. so excited to see some of those people again. And <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, I, again, just thanks so much for doing this. And I had a, I had a really great Thank time. You. I thought, thought this went really well. The last thing I ask everybody to do is just say, once again, just say your name and say, don't worry, I'm finite. I'm Megan. Don't worry, I'm finite.
Thank you. For, oh, and also, if, if you want to tell anybody where they can find you online, give us give us your like uh, your handles and everything. Yeah. Okay. So my personal, uh, my name is M-E-A-G-A-N. My last name is Aishan, like the body parts, E-I-S-H-E-N. So you can find me on all social platforms that way. But my small business is called Warmest Regards Design, and it's across the, the wavelength of all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, coming to a, a place near you, but warmest regards design. That's me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and you know what? I realized I didn't actually say there was one thing I wanted to ask you about, which I vaguely, vaguely yeah. mentioned to you before. I wanted to talk to you about uh, commissioning something with you. So oh, yes. first of all, I want you to write the name of this podcast on in, in your handwriting at some point, if, if you would, would be, be so honored. kind. Yes. And, uh, and I was interested and I thought maybe I have an, an image of myself that I was kind of using as the the uh, the image yeah, for the podcast or whatever and i thought maybe glasses you could do on, you're like looking to the side yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. thought maybe you could uh kind of do something graphically with that so we can Happy talk about to. everything yeah. but i'd love to like push people toward you and i'd love to support you myself so anything That's we so can cool. do with that thank you <laughs> um so yep thanks so much for coming and uh thanks everybody else for listening if you want to find me on the interwebs you can find me at don't worry i'm finite on uh instagram i'm on twitter at don is finite and my youtube channel is youtube.com slash don't worry i'm finite so keep being creative and collaborating and i'll see you next time bye